Good evening, Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Warrior for the first of our, what I like to call the fireside chats, but there's no fireplace here, but yeah. because, because we have the people from South Canyon with Pastor Chris and Pastor Eric, and the first time that I saw their Bible studies, they were by a fireplace. I said, I'd like to call it the fireside chat. But we're glad that you guys are here. We're glad that you're out there in internet land. And thank you to our live audience for coming and being part of this, uh, a first of many uh, Bible studies. Tonight's uh, topic is on the book of Acts. The founding and future of the church is what we've been working through in mm -hmm. Acts. So thanks for having us here too, John. It's an honor. Thank you for coming. Really, really Eric? glad to be here. Glad to be here. We've traveled through about 11 chapters of Acts. We're going to go through another chapter more today and see, see where we end up at. But first, would you pray us into the, into the time, Pastor Eric? Gracious God, we give you thanks for this time together. We give you thanks for this opportunity for our communities, South Canyon Lutheran and Wauwatosa, to come together and spend this time in your word. And we ask that you would bless our conversations, bless our, our reflections, draw us closer to you and deeper in our understanding of your will for us, our communities, and our lives in the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys, where are we at? Audience, um, studio audience, and internet audience out there. A couple things. First of all, it's clear that this mission of the Holy Spirit to take Jesus Christ out into the world it has grown. Um, we, I mean, we've, we've traveled through some persecution already and some martyrdom, and we got Saul on stage now. We have the Gentiles getting brought into the picture. And so Jerusalem is no longer just the center of the Spirit's work. Yeah. We, we ended last week at Antioch, and so we're at this large uh, group of people in Antioch, and they're there because of persecutions. And, and that's the strange thing, right? That right. All this growth is taking place, but the persecutions, if we think back to the stoning of Stephen and all of this other stuff, is it's not stopping the growth. It actually is propelling it forward. You know, they're in Antioch because of the persecution. So rather than it stopping the movement, the Holy Spirit is using it to grow. Yeah, and that, that's profound, right? I mean, kill the church and then it just grows. And you know, you, <laughs> you can see that actually throughout the history of the church. It's oftentimes been those moments where the church has been persecuted and there's been growth. Um, not always in numbers, but certainly, you know, in, in faithfulness. Yeah. Just a little backdrop for some of the people at Voyaton that might oh, know, yeah. but that might not know. What is, what is the time frame between the death of Jesus and the time that this piece of Acts is taking place? Oh, gosh. Let's see. I'll defer to Eric on that one. He's smarter than me. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that's I, don't think we, I don't think that we can say for sure. It's hard to pinpoint it, but we're probably talking, I don't know, 10, 20 years? 10, no, probably less than that. It's probably less than five. That. Yeah, it's less than that. Yeah, that, I'm thinking about, because the book is written later. The right. book is of, of Acts is probably written around like 80, so 50 or so years yeah. afterwards. But the events relayed are, the, the whole book itself takes place over years. Um, Paul will spend, we're going to see at the end of this that even in Antioch, Paul spends a year there. So Paul, Paul and Barnabas right. spend a year in Antioch uh, teaching. I think that's, that's how it plays out here. 
Um, yep, they, tars, they they had found him. They brought him to Antioch, so he was there for an entire year with the church teaching in Antioch. So, But we are not that far removed from Jesus' death right now. Gotcha. They had the Holy Spirit. It went out. So that's a great... Yeah, obviously great the, the figures that are around are the same figures that... You know, walk with sure, Jesus. Sure, gotcha. So, John, you know, Peter, it's, it's within one lifetime. You know, the characters as we hear about Peter is the same Peter that we hear about in in the Gospels. Yes. It's you know, walked with Jesus. Yeah, and this is so. This is within a year or so. Gotcha. It started, but it grows longer. Sure. So, so yeah. So we're here, and and just as this message goes out amongst the Jews, because these followers of Jesus were Jewish. Um, it can't help but go into the Gentiles, and it just keeps going there and going there and going there. And that brings us to where we are now. I think, Eric, you've used the word um, tension yeah. to describe what's going on. There's conflict between the Jews and the Gentiles as this message goes out because it's so different and so transformative. So we get to this point today where there's persecution going on. And if you're at your Bible at home or wherever you're at, you can turn to chapter 12 and I'm just going to read this first part of the story because King Herod is here. And King Herod is trying to gain some power by getting rid of this Jewish sect at this point. So just 12, chapter, or chapter 12, verse 1. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with a sword. After he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the Festival of Unleavened Bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. So, Peter's in prison. Everybody knows it. I think it's safe to say that everybody assumes after what happened to James that Peter's going to die. And then night comes. And then the angel comes. And then what? <laughs> and then we should it's a very have a dramatic story now. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, and then the angel wakes Peter up and says, "Fasten your belt, put on your shoes." The shackles fall off Peter. He walks to the soldiers. The gate opens. Peter gets led out into the street, and Peter actually, through this whole time, thinks he's having a vision, and he wakes up. And it says in the story, verse eleven. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. They were expecting him to die. Peter was expecting to die. And he's overwhelmed and he runs to the house of his friends or wherever people were staying. And he knocks on the door and he says, It's me. And they say, It can't be. And they're so shocked that the girl leaves him standing outside the gate, runs to tell everybody it's Peter. And they say, Well, where is he? Meanwhile, Peter's knocking on the door saying, let me in. And sh that's, that's just this beginning part of chapter 12. And then Peter goes into hiding and they meet him. He has to go somewhere else. We'll pick up the story at chapter 12, verse 17. He motioned to them with his hand to be silent, described for them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And then he added, tell this to James and to the believers. Then he left and went to another place. When morning came, there was no small commotion among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. When Herod had searched for him and could not find him, he examined the guards, ordered them to be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. All right, guys, what do you got? 
when I think of this scripture, I, when I think of uh, King Herod, he is, I feel he's, he's afraid of losing his power. Yeah. And at some time during his lifetime that maybe he considers himself God instead of just being a man. And because he loves that power, he loves how the people react to some of his actions, that it, that it fills his ego. Sure, and he yeah, wants right. to continue to be in that place of power and show that he's in charge and, and nobody else can should ever question why he does what he does. Is this Not, a little foreshadowing, John? Could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, okay, yeah. We talked about that way back at the beginning of even just chapter one, that we were gonna move into some power dynamics and look at the power, God's power versus human power, earthly right. power, those two kingdoms butting up against each other. So that's great. Mm -hmm. Eric, what do you got? I, I'm just amused by the part that, you know, you talked about a little bit. I like the way that you described it, but Peter gets brought back by this angel, and when he knocked at the outer gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. <laughs> but she insisted that it was so. They said, it is his angel. Meanwhile, Peter just continues knocking. Yeah. It just, it seems to me, I mean, it's, it's just humorous sounding, but it seems to me that they're, they're learning what it actually means to live, you know, this life with the spirit as an active force in in the world and in their lives and that they they can't actually believe i mean what's happening with peter is so far beyond their ability to yeah. to comprehend that you are out of your mind is their conclusion she's so befuddled or overjoyed is the language but you know that she just leaves them standing there knocking at the door like it just seems what god is doing here is beyond their ability to process at this point right right uh, yeah, and I'm actually, I was struck by this, and I wasn't even as we prepared and worked through this, that that uh, Peter says, surely, the God, surely God has delivered me from everything that everyone was expecting. Mm -hmm. And how expectations, like, what do we expect? Well, and it's the expectations. God to do. Yeah, I mean, and there it says, you know, and you're talking about verse 11, all that the Jewish people were expecting, but it seems like, based upon the response, all of that Peter's people were expecting. No, sure. They were expecting the same thing. Death. I wonder what those Roman soldiers were expecting. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for them. They're just doing their job, but also that that's that power thing you mentioned, John, for me, that you got this worldly kingdom of Herod that's really just anti the kingdom of Christ and what happens when those kingdoms butt up against and you can call the guards collateral damage, whatever you want to call them. They're just victims of the, the broken system of the world's power. Well, and I would say that that type of collateral damage, to use your, your yeah. language, is indicative of, of the wrong kingdom. Yeah. You know, when innocent people are, are dying to preserve the kingdom, yeah. that's probably the wrong kingdom. That's probably not <laughs> right. God's, God's kingdom. I don't think that God tends to work in that sort of... I, I, I don't know. I mean, innocent victims are, are a good sign that you're on the wrong track, I think. Yeah, yeah. That you're, you're following Herod, not Jesus. What I like to see as well with, with, with Peter and, and how he conducts his faith, 
He, he got up right away. He didn't ask any questions. He said, get up quickly and put your stuff on. We have to go now. Yeah. I mean, he was, that, he thought he was dreaming. So, you know, but that, but that sense of urgency, <laughs> yeah. the sense, Hey, we got things to do. We don't have time to, to, yeah. to ask these questions. Just, just have trust that I'm getting out of here for a purpose. We need to leave now and let's, and leave it at that. Sure. We don't have time to discuss these things. And that's, that's being obedient to God's word yeah. or, yeah. To, or to his representatives. Yeah, he leaped to it, didn't he? And, he and I, I do think it's interesting that there's so many detailed, like it's step-by-step -step instructions. It's get up quickly, fasten your belt and put on your sandals, wrap your cloak around you, and follow. I mean, like all of these, these detailed instructions that Peter just follows, you know, in obedience, like yes. you said, John. You know, the, the details in this story, I guess, are what, are in, what intrigued me. Yeah. Studio audience, anything? Nothing yet? Okay, that's good. Yeah, so now we're going to get to some more uh, Kingdom of the World stuff. Like, this is King Herod now. And remember, I think I said it already, this is not the King Herod that got rid of Jesus. This is, and that was in Jesus' time. This is King, that King Herod's son. And so listen to chapter 12, verse 20. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, so they came to him in a body, and after winning over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for a reconciliation because their country depended on the king's country for food. So they came and massaged his ego, basically. Mm -hmm. they, they said, you're amazing, you're wonderful, we need you, please help us. They got access to him through a close confidant, and away they go, right? On, on an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat on the platform, and delivered a public address to them. The people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a mortal. And immediately, because he had not given the glory to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died, or maggots. But the word of God continued to advance and gain adherence. Then after completing their mission, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem and brought with them John, whose other name was Mark. So it's so, a, yeah. Yeah, you were already kind of going in this direction already, so, John. So, more to add on? Take us home. So the ending of, of Herod. <laughs> and we discuss it a lot in this world of, of how sometimes we get our ego involved and we all start to think that we're God ourselves. And the, everything that we do as followers of him, we have to be giving him the glory. We have to be praising him yeah. for the work that he's done and say thank you but when we start thinking that we do these things on our own that the creator has no involvement of any of these things you can get in a lot of trouble as we see what happened to uh herod because of his arrogance thinking that he was he was higher than god and, and just a man yeah and in these times especially we have to be careful to remember our place in creation sick to be a god and you end as a worm yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you just you helped me think of that john in a different way too that it, it's not even that god is coming down and condemning earthly power in this point the angel of the lord came and killed herod because he didn't give the glory to god herod had every opportunity to live what how you say live the right way give yes. glory to god function in that way mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah I, I like, I did a little bit of back research into this part of the text specifically, 
And a man named Josephus was a Jewish historian, and he actually accounts for this in other accounts. So you have Acts raising up the story of Herod dying, but it's actually in other history accounts of Herod dying, and he, he received suddenly this terrible bowel issue. And while the exact cause of it might not be known, he died after five days. So it took five days for him to die. The whole Holy Spirit in Acts chunks it down into a sentence and he was eaten by worms and died. But the, they think that, that the possibility here could be something like he's Jewish, but he's not following and living in the Jewish way and the, light, and the dietary laws and so that he could possibly have gotten trichinosis or some sort of intestinal bowel disease hmm. and, and that it's killing him at this time. And that's not to say it's not God. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that here we are with this man that's not being faithful to what he's supposed to be doing. Well, even and it ends up killing him. In a mirror image of culture, when the, when the Chinupa, the sacred pipe, was brought to the Lakota by the white buffalo calf woman, Patesongwe, there was two men that were out there. One of them, he had, he had bad thoughts and didn't didn't respect the sacred being that was coming this way, that was that was brought here by the Creator to give us this gift of how to pray to Him. And so this one man, he didn't respect her, the sacred being, and a, a cloud, some clouds came, enveloped him, and the next thing we know that he was bones with snakes crawling in and out. Because it shows you have you need to respect that yeah. sacred. And the one the one man that, that had respect and reverence for sacred beings. Lived. sat lived and, and listened to what was instructed and went back and told the people that a sacred being was coming and because he listened and had respect the Lakota were gifted with that pipe hmm. and, and are here to this day yeah. Yeah. and so maybe that's the two sides of kind of what the community is learning at this point or Luke through the book of Acts is teaching that you know yeah there's this extraordinary power of the spirit that just burst Peter out of prison, and so, wow. But this isn't something to be taken lightly. You know, the activity of God in the world, you know, it's something to be respected, yes. to be, be, be revered. Yeah, I just noticed while you guys were talking, too, that it, how Luke crafts this story, the death of Herod. <clears throat> Herod was trying to get rid of Peter. Peter lived, Herod ended up dying. And then Luke is very clear, look at verse 24. Right, because he had not given glory to God, an angel Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Verse 24, but the word of God continued to advance. But the word of God continued to advance. Nevertheless, the word of God continued to advance. But the kingdom of the world tried to destroy the, the word of God, but it continued to advance anyway, despite the best efforts of the most powerful man in the area at the time. Yes. I'm like, you know, like, take it, this is serious stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think the church is figuring out how serious it is, too. What would that feel like to, to realize that there's this power behind you? Peter's expectation when he went into prison was that he would die. These guys just keep getting bolder and bolder and bolder. You know, I mean, when you, we're going to see Paul's journey on his missionary journeys, he goes on three of them. He's shipwrecked, 
He's put in prison. He's whipped. He's beaten. They're absolutely, utterly, by the time you get to the end of the story, fearless. Mm -hmm. Kill me if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> and how many of us would say that, right? Kill me if you want. I mean, they're just, they're completely fearless. They, they believe in this so much and the spirit. Uh, it's, it's, it's my favorite story. <laughs> I mean, right? It's, it's incredible. Well, I think when you have that, that faith that the creator is going to take care of you, that those things that he said are true. Yeah. There's no reason to fear death. And I, and I, listening to that, your conversation and your words, when I think back to the, to the warriors of all, they didn't fear death. Yeah. They, they knew it was a continuation, but they knew that when they had prayers in the creator and they would do these things that was asked of them, that they would be safe. But they didn't go and worry about dying because they already knew that they were going to be called home to the creator. Right, right. And I think when we have that undue faith, no matter what trials and difficulties come our way, it might, it might be gross and ugly for a while, but in the end, the creator is going to, going to bring us out of that storm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really helpful, John, because it's, it's not that they expected to not die. They expected they might die, but God would lead them through whatever was going to come and, or not, but either way it was God leading them and they were content with that. Yeah. But I, if I'm, I'm going to play on a nuance here. Well, no, I mean, maybe it's nuancing, but like, you know, that mentality, uh, jokingly said, you know, Herod's dynamic is, you know, you want to be a god, you end up as a worm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, Paul in his theology, you almost get a little bit of the inversion there. And this is sort of a theology of the, the cross is recognize that before God, you are a worm. And you will, you know, be as God. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's Jesus. In order to gain you life, your life, you have to lose, lose it. Yes. And and those who lose their life will gain it. So, you know, there's this. It's so put that on the list uh, from Pastor Eric. You know, become like a worm, and you will be raised <laughs> like a god. Be god be a worm. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be a nice T-shirt. <laughs> and Dr. Stephen Paulson, if you are listening, your sermon about I am a worm was one of the best ones I've ever heard. Hopefully you'll find that. So let's keep going because I want to end and just, I think a good place to end is this next section because, well, let's just read it and then see, sure. see what happens. Uh, chapter 13. So we'll, we'll actually, we'll start at chapter 12, verse 24. But the word of God continued to advance and gain followers or adherents. Then after completing their mission, Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem and brought with them John, whose other name was Mark. I've always wanted to have a mission. I completed my mission. But anyway, we'll keep going. Now, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a member of the court of Herod the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. John, you mentioned Peter's lack of reluctance. The, the angel says, get up, and he just got up and went and went and went. And the same, we see the same thing here. They just go. 
Tell me a little bit what you guys, your guys' thoughts on just this piece of the story, this mission, as it were. Well, I mean, looking at just sort of this little, you know, bit of introduction here, you know, it says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down. I, I don't know if I would say they just went. You know, this, this whole going is, is couched in a, you know, process of, of prayer and fasting, and they're doing it as a community, and that's how the Spirit comes and offers this, this mission, um, this particular call for, for Barnabas and Saul. And, um, you know, so, yes, they just went when they hear this call, but I feel like it was a very intentional effort to be in touch with the Spirit, to listen for what yeah. that call was. Yeah. Okay. I like that as well. They, they, whoever was, if it was from the creator himself and they just heard it in the room, or was it from, from one of these respected men that said, we, the creator has something that, that you need to do. And as they walk this path, if you said it's been years and they, they, they know that, you know, sometimes carrying that cross means it comes with their death, but they know that they've been, they've been asked by the creator to spread his message and because they obey him and are obedient to him, they'll gladly pick it up and go and accomplish that mission because that's what they were trained to do if they were an army soldier. Yeah. Hey, finally, finally, I get to get out of the. This isn't this isn't on the chalkboard anymore. This is real life. We finally get to do what we were called for. And I think I think when we are so focused on what that mission is, that when it finally gets time to to show your faith when it gets time to show those those gifts and those things that were called upon you you want to show it to you want to show to the creator that hey you picked the right man for the job i'm going to get it done to the best of, of my ability and i know that you'll help me hmm. that's an interesting way to put it i mean picking the right man like accepting how you'd accept that i like that a lot i like that a lot because it goes i think you know when we think back to uh other stories in the bible where it says well, who who shall I send? Send me. Yeah. I, I think I'm. I hope I'm ready. You made me ready. But it's those it's those rallying cries. It's those. All right, let's get in there and let's get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost the reverse of. I might think that I'm coming to my church or my worship place seeking God, but maybe God found me and drew me there. All right. I mean, we we and then. To me, that's always good news to say. And I mean, as you're listening and watching, to think, oh, God chose me. To have that knowledge then allows me to take that next step to say, I want to live up to be whoever. I want to do a good job on my mission. What is my mission? Sometimes some people have to remind us. We have to remind each other of that. Like, what's your mission? I mean, I feel like yeah, what's your you, calling? Yeah, I mean, and you used the language of you know after getting ready, you know, preparation. You know, like, yeah. But. I think that getting ready piece is important and whether it's, you know, getting yourself rooted in that identity um, of who you are as a child of God, one who has been, been chosen, you know, giving, getting yourself, you know, aligned with the will of, of God, you know, it, you need to have some manner of conviction um, that, you know, you, you are in, 
right relationship with God, you are somehow attuned to God's will if you are going to act, you know, in the way that you're talking about, John. And, you know, I don't think that comes haphazardly or accidentally. That's why I think it's important in this story that it's taking place within this time of prayer and, and fasting. That right. I, I think that that context, you know, something comes to me in, you know, as I'm sitting in prayer, I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable with it than if I'm just, you know, randomly walking down the streets, you know, if I'm intentionally trying to spend time with, with God, um, you know, then I'm going to, you know, I got all sorts of random thoughts that come into my head and when I'm praying as well, certainly, but you know, that, that nurturing of time with, with God, I think our, the deeper convictions grow out of that. And so, you know, if we want to live with the type of conviction and obedience that you're talking about, I think that that's an important part of getting ready. And I think maybe there's this getting ready, you know, it's like you say getting ready and you, you talked about the drawing it out on the board, right, and all that. I think we have a tendency when we look at texts like this to see that they were fasting and praying. And I think sometimes we think that God watched them pray and when they had prayed and fasted enough, then God answered their prayer. I don't think they're praying and fasting to offer something to God. They're praying at, at, the, at some point they prayed and fasted enough that they could actually hear God. Mm -hmm. The random thoughts were, were gone. The preparation was there. They had, they had done their spiritual work so they could listen and discern correctly. And I think we messed that up. Yeah. They, they weren't somehow earning God's voice. They were no. clearing out of all the clutter yeah. out of their own heads so that God could speak freely. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we never do that. Lord, answer my prayer. And we do that for 30 seconds. And then we go watch baseball and say, darn it, Lord, you didn't answer my prayer. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> Man. <laughs> One of the last of our old-time medicine men, Foolscrow, he's been dead for, since the 80s, but okay. he, used to, he used to instruct the people to be hollow bones, mm, really? to get rid of all, that, all these other outside thoughts, to get rid of, of our ego, uh, gossip, all these things that kind of prevent us from, from being ready yeah. and, and, and not being able to hear, that, to hear what the Creator is saying in our ears. We need to be hollow bones so we can everything just comes in and, and we feel it and, and immersed in us. Mm. Instead of keeping keeping these things that might prevent us from from fulfilling what, what the Creator asked because we should all feel, we should all feel tremendous joy when we get to do the Creator's work for Him. And the less stuff that we carry yeah. around, the less stuff that's in our bones that's preventing us, that's why He says to be hollow. Because mm. then, then we'll be ready to receive yeah. those things Maybe that little set of storage space on your on a little thumb drive is full. Yeah. You know, so mm. get rid of some get dump dump yeah. the hard drive okay. and start fresh. I like that a lot. How do bones mean? And isn't that Ideally, the way that we could come to a Bible study or any you know, time spent with Scripture, hollow bones to receive whatever God has to to offer us, um, you know, in God's Word. Yes, it's been a blessing, gentlemen, being with you tonight, audience as well. I think hollow bones is a great last word uh, for the for the evening in gospel. And we, would you pray us out? Yes. Potum kashala wakantaka alecha ahitwa po na anakotayo le ktaya tu kile nitra wicho e nitra wicho e na umpi.
Holy Grandfather, we thank you for this time that we can hear your word, that we can hear your ways, and we thank you for these opportunities to, to live in your word and to better understand who you are so as we, as followers of you, we can go and share this truth to the best of our abilities. We thank you for this time, for South Canyon to come, and for the people that are in the live audience to come and be part of these things. We thank you for all the gifts that you give us, and we ask for, for goodness as we continue along this path to learn more about you, because you are such a loving creator, and you give us so many beautiful things. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Have a blessed night. See you next week.